0: What's up, guys? So, within this interview, we have returning guest Alex Merkin, who directed the latest film that was released on October 6th of 2018 for sci-fi fi 31 Days of Halloween, No Escape Room. Maybe within this film, you'll think twice about visiting an escape room because you may never know If you'll ever be seen again going everybody this is a new interview of 2019 already we are fortunate enough to already have three this year isn't that shocking and it's already just the beginning of 2019 tonight is going to be a little bit different i am paul for those that note my fiance tessa baker uh she is here unfortunately she's recovering from a cold and tonight as we're recording this interview actually with our special returning guest, which I will stay in a miss second, is uh, you know, we got three episodes recording today. So she wanted to try to hold on to her voice, especially from the recovering from the nasty flu. And uh yeah, I mean, you know, it's that time of year where it's always gonna be coming around somewhere. But back on track, we got returning guests as you may have heard him before from last year for his film house of the witch here is none other than alec merkin hello alec welcome back hey thank you for having me back i appreciate it oh uh, you're like i said you're always welcome back alex i like <laughs> the, uh you know i like the bond and chattiness that we had last time so i figured hey why not right and plus you got yeah. a you had a nice movie that came out last year in uh, October that premiered on sci-fi, which was called no escape room, which is what we're going to be talking tonight. That's right. Well, thank you.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed being here last time and I'm, I'm happy to be back again. Uh, that's right. No escape room, not to be confused with escape room, which if people are not familiar with no escape room, maybe they, they might think that it's a movie that was put out quickly to match the, uh, the bigger budget escape room, but actually we were, we were out there first. So I had never heard of, I actually had never heard of escape room until, uh, well after the movie came out. And, uh, I was sitting in a theater and I was very surprised to see, see some, some similarities, but not, not, uh, not, not uh, accusing anybody of anything. <laughs> just, just was <laughs> surprised to see it so quickly.
0: So anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, um, it, it's exactly like what you said, you know. I mean perfect that was like perfect to explain because I was actually gonna say, like, this is not the escape room that is in theater as we speak. So completely different. I'm trying to remember. That came out what? October October seventh? Somewhere around. Yeah, that October
1: seventh. I think you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we, and so, we premiered uh, we were a part of um of the sci-fi 31 days of Halloween. We, I think we kicked off the whole, the whole month. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. Second, second yeah. time we, we, we've, we've had a nice premiere during that, that, uh, that
0: slot. So. With the first one house of the witch.
1: Yeah. House of the witch premiered, uh, the year before on, on, uh, 31 days of, of Halloween. So that was great. Oh, I mean, they both cool. have a little, you know, they both have a little theatrical thing and then they, and then they, uh, after that, they—I mean—they premiered it to the to the to the broader
0: uh, public, you know, through sci-fi. So, well, oh, that's cool. That's, that's cool. Great. yeah, yeah. It yeah. sounds great. And speaking of greatness, um, I mean, would we'll, would we'll just take a minute and appreciate this No Escape Room that we're going to be talking about with a small synopsis, which is when an escape room attraction turned from a fun bonding activity. To a dangerous paranormal experience. A father and daughter must flee from an angry spirit. So, yeah, and it looks like it was released on October 6th, actually. So I was a day off, whatever ah, it happened. Okay. Close <laughs> enough. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> but but um, so, Alex, for the returning of maybe somebody that hasn't really heard the House of the Witch. Episode, would you just if mm-hmm. you wouldn't mind again just explaining just a small origin story of who you are? Sure, thanks. Uh,
1: well, I'm uh, I've been uh, making movies for for a little while now. I've done eight eight feature films. Um, I've uh, I started off with um, I made a movie over at uh, Universal for my first feature uh, that that starred uh, Brittany Murphy and Mike Vogel and Danny Pino called Across the Hall. It was sort of a psychological thriller, um, kind of Hitchcockian style, you know, psychological thriller, uh, set in a hotel, um, about a man who tracks his fiance, um, to the hotel and then stakes out the room across the hall from her and then calls his best friend to basically, you know, he gets a gun and, and a bottle of booze and he's in there drinking and then he's about to go do something crazy and calls his best friend who's sort of his lifeline uh, who's his best friends trying to talk him off the ledge. And, uh, it's a, it's a fun little tight little thriller that that actually started off as a short film, um, that we made with Adrian Grenier from entourage and, uh, and that, that movie, um, when it came out in, I think 2005, we won like, I don't know, something like 50 awards and did really well. And then, uh, sort of spawned my whole sort of film career. Um, so so yeah, um I've had the, the good fortune of since then working steadily and um and making uh making movies every year. So I'm I'm very lucky to do it.
0: Well that's amazing, Alex, and all all mo- all the more reason to just say, keep up the good work of what you're doing already. So yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're you're very welcome. And so let's (laughs) kick it off, uh, Alex, with the first question here, which for No Escape Room, which is, so how did you and Neil uh, think of No Escape Room and what inspired you guys to create the Escape Room
1: film? Um, Yeah, actually, I can't take any credit for that. Um, Neil um, Neil had some partners, Neil and his partners over over, um, at the company Mar Vista. They were, um, they were sort of throwing around some ideas um, to to think of. Because I I I I told you about Neil actually last time that we spoke, and um, he's somebody who I really like to collaborate with. He's a great producer. He's an executive over at Mar Vista, and um, he's just super talented, super creative, super on top of things. It's the kind of producer you want in your in your corner. So we've had a great experience working together and we have other films on the horizon that we're going to be doing together. But um so he called me up and uh and basically started pitching some of the idea of it. Um essentially, you know, some of the elements of it. It's an escape room, it's a father-daughter movie, it's um it wasn't a lot of detail to it yet. You know, we had to I had to develop it um with with my writing partner Jesse and then Jesse also developing it with some of the guys over there to kind of get the whole script in order. But, um, but it was, it was, at first I wasn't, you know, you know, I, I was very familiar with escape rooms, but wasn't quite sure what, <laughs> what kind of movie this was going to be. Um, and then as we started to, you know, get into the development process, I got really excited about the prospect of, of some of the ideas that we got to explore in it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so it really came about with, with those guys over there, there's a, a guy named David Massey. And um, and uh, I believe the other guy's name was Nick. I actually don't think I've ever met Nick, but they're all sort of a, a, a team over there with Neil. And uh, they, they had already brought the idea to me um, and said, what do you think? Should we, can we go down this path? And after talking to Jesse and getting excited about some of these ideas, Jesse Middlestadt is the writer of the film. He's, he actually wrote uh, Across the Hall that, that uh, was my first feature, and he's written other films, like we did a movie uh, called Altitude from Lionsgate that came out in theaters a couple years ago. Um, so uh, I always like working with Jesse, and we collaborate really well together, and we just started getting really excited about some of the ideas. Um, and I know one of the biggest elements that we wanted to uh, think about and consider in it was just sort of whether or not this was a game whether or not, you know, like it is really extreme parlor tricks that, That are you know that these guys are the the experience these guys these characters are going through, or um, or is there something paranormal and more extreme happening? Something something bigger happening? Um, And it was sort of fun to play with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that that uh, that's quite a story right there. (laughs) And. You know, it, it's it's kind of cool that you think of, like, the paranormal aspect because usually when you think of, like, an escape room, too, this is to my knowledge because I have never tried one yet, but, I mean, you just, I don't really think you would ever think it would be a dangerous thing unless it's one of those horror-type thing ones, I guess, but right. if you're thinking of going in there just to, you know, just to help out each other, kind of like all these characters did, But then they ended up, you know, having something completely different going on. And, yeah, it's just kind of cool. And
1: and that was one of the things, uh, yeah, originally we weren't sure. Like, you know, at first there were sort of different ideas kind of jumping around. Like, is it going to be a movie like Cube? Is it going to be more high tech? You know, there's always going to be sort of a sci-fi element to it in a way that wasn't just pure horror. You know, there's always going to be some element of it that was you know, slightly, uh, you know, that, that, that has the elements of science fiction in it and, and thriller, psychological thriller in it. Um, you know, it's a movie like The Game, where you don't know if this is just super extreme, you know, like, because there's all these super extreme horror experiences out now. That was one of the things we did a lot of research on. Um, for example, you know, like, uh, I'm sure you're probably familiar with things like McK- McKinney Manor and, you know, things like, uh, um, what's the other one? uh, uh i can't uh, i can't think of the other name right now but um but uh, oh blackout blackout's another one and they're like these extreme horror experiences that you go into and the people can like you know like the the mckinney Manor one is super extreme i mean that's one where they're it's it's practically torture and um and people you know like it's it's if you don't if you're not familiar with it you might just want to look it up and see how kind of crazy some of this stuff is but um but uh, blackouts and experience where like, you know, they can, there, there's elements of like these guys touching you and, 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 you know, throwing you around and, you know, heard or read reports of waterboarding and all the super extreme stuff. That's like, you know, it's for me, I'm not, I'm not that into it, but it's again, the idea of like how extreme can some of these horror experiences be? Is this a super extreme horror experience or is this like, you know, or is it something else? And then we start to think about the idea of, this house itself kind of being, we were we were very sort of early on came to the conclusion that we didn't really want to be this high tech, you know, modern sort of, um, you know, thing going on sorts, of, which would be a lot more similar to what you might see in escape room, the, the movie that's out now, but we wanted to do something that felt uh, like it had more history to it the, in the space itself. And so Jesse and I started thinking about the idea that this house, you know, has this history where, you know it was built around the turn of the century, but there's all this sort of clockwork and and um mythology behind it where you have this this sort of- deranged uh um an obsessive uh scientist you know uh, who's who's obsessed with trying to create it's almost like the house itself that he's built is is like a a giant three dimensional conductor towards the paranormal. It's almost like a giant living Ouija board in a way where you can walk through and contact in different ways, in different ways that other, you know, cultures and, 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 and and experiment with the idea of, of, you know, reaching across to the other side. So that was, you know, sort of the idea of like, is that just the, um, is, is what these guys experiences are, is, is there experience that this is just the backstory to some extreme game and the, you know, it's just like, it's all, it's all BS. And, or is there actually some truth to what you're, they're being told. And so that's what we liked playing with. And um, it became really fun to kind of, you know, see each room as like a different um, element of how to reach across and, and contact the other side and interact with, and sort of like this giant antenna and this weird thing, the space that you're playing with things and powers that you're not really you know, that's that's a that's pretty dangerous we be playing with. And are these guys like in like being treated like you know rats in a some sick experiment where they're being used to conduct these exper- you know these experiments trying to reach out to the other side? Um, so, or are they just again? Or is it just is it all a game? So that was the fun. It was that was the fun sort of thinking it up and where we could go into you know some of the ideas of of what that would mean and. Um, and explore some more primitive ideas of, of, you know, of, uh, spiritualism and, and, uh, you know, like, like the ayahuasca and, um, or, you know, other sort of radio devices and, and, and things that, that again, but the idea like the house itself has this, is, is sort of this giant machine and is sort of this with this clockwork behind it and it's constantly transforming and changing and, and all with the, all with the purpose of, of amplifying that spiritual, you know, uh, connection. Does that makes sense?
0: Yeah. And and in short term too, it's almost saying like the house, as you were saying, the house is like its own Ouija board. You could also say to it. So right. the house is like coming alive. Like it is alive. And right.
1: Right. Like everything in the house, all the devices are meant for the other side to be able to reach back. So like you have all these machines and devices so that they can also, once you crossed over and once you're dead, you can reach back and communicate you know, and, and you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of this cool space that you enter into. And that sort of accounts for when you watch the movie there's a lot of psychological things that happen that are a little like you know, we play with this idea of like looping and echoes of you might see see yourself or you might see some element of yourself or be interacting with yourself at a later date or an earlier time and having these sort of like time looping and echoes that, that go on throughout the movie. So, um, and again, whether or not that's like, is that from the, is that from this crazy tea that they, dr- they that they drank in the beginning that's just sort of hallucinogenic or is there really some other stuff happening, you know, and, and that's, that was the fun game to play with that.
0: Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> um so we noticed that at the beginning of the movie too we get the first two characters which are michael and karen father and daughter and we noticed like their relationship with each other isn't really like the strongest it's almost as if the daughter is more connected to her mother than the Mm -hmm. father which is completely normal i mean i'll throw it out there too like when when my mother and father were together before the big divorce that they had that separated uh, my family you know i was always with my dad so i connected better with him just like my sister connected better with my mother so when you know when the divorce happened it's like it's like it's almost like a bomb that went off So my, so my thought, and I mean, I look back at it now and I think to myself, wow, maybe if I was a little bit older to understand what was really going on, I would maybe understand it better than like I do today. But back when it first happened, I remember looking at my mother pretty much, you know, as this is, this is your fault. Like, like we're not together as a family anymore because of you not realizing that it was really my dad who was in need of help and right stuff like that so i guess with this question that i'm trying to figure out too to understand better is can you give us any more of a backstory of the relationship between michael and karen
1: yeah that's a great question and i'm really glad you picked up on that because that you know we we did want to really explore some of the more complex um, aspects of, of this relationship, which is that yeah, that, that family is divorced. Um, Karen is is essentially in a space where she's starting to grow, and she only gets to see her father, you know, one like one week out of the year, or over one weekend. Um, and so, like that's that's the extent of his um, of his time with her. He says that at, you know earlier on in the in the um, in the diner there. And, you know, there's some elements of her starting to grow and, um, and come into her own and find her own voice. And he's st- still sort of treating her like a little girl that he remembers her being. And um, there are elements also of her blaming him sp- very specifically for the divorce. Um, and that's actually something that does come up later on. Um, there is sort of this idea and suggestion in the film um, that, there's, that, that Michael himself had a bit of a weakness um and you might notice it in the scene when i we call it the lady in the water scene um but it's just this idea of like that's what gets what sort of gets manifested there uh spoilers i guess (laughs) but what gets manifested there is sort of this uh this manifestation of of a weakness of his, which is this this you know sort of female siren calling to him which again is part of the story of the house itself but but it's something that would tempt him and would, and would sort of, um, you know, hypnotize him. But that's all very subtle and it's not something that really is ever, we, we never wanted to outright state anything like that. Okay. He cheated and they, you know, or something like that. That's not really where we wanted to go with it other than to suggest that there's some reason for, um, or possibly some, 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 uh, reason why karen blames you know michael for the divorce but there's also that element of just you know as as a teenage girl um you know 16 17 getting into that age range wants to start you know forming her own identity and figuring out who she is and and pulling away from her father more and um and not wanting to be you know not wanting to be treated like a child and not wanting to be like kind of resenting that she has to go on this you know weekend excursion with with dad originally they were going to go ride horses which she wasn't you know she used to be into she's not really into anymore um and that was closed down she's annoyed at her father he doesn't really keep up with you know it's like in the conversation in the car about um you know her homework and you know and uh there was actually some conversation that we cut out of the film earlier on when they're in the diner where you know, he had tried to order her some, like, sandwich with meat on it, and she had been vegetarian for the last couple, you know, couple months or last past year, and he has no clue about it. And just so all these things where he just can't keep up with the fact that she's changing, know,
0: change, yeah, she yeah changing, and yeah.
1: and and she she resents that, and she resents that he sees the old her, the 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 younger her, the person she isn't anymore, and she resents the fact that you know she, you know, when you live with the other parent. Uh, there's all that opportunity for that for for blaming the one that's not there anymore. Um And he, on his side, feels so much guilt and he's trying so hard and he's so insecure about his relationship with her. And that whole thing that's going on with the, the necklace in the film is really just this idea that, yeah, she, she's bitter, she's upset, she's angry, but she does love him. And his insecurities are, they're not, they're not, they're not, he doesn't need to try so hard. He doesn't need to fight so hard against all this, all what's happening. He can be much more secure in the fact that at the end of the day, you know, that's why you see her in private and why he gets that that look of her at the very end of the film. Again, spoilers, but uh, at the very end of the film, when he gets that look at her actually putting on this necklace that she, you know, he thought she doesn't wear anymore and that that he had given to her. But it was really that's her way of staying connected with him. Privately, she doesn't want him to know that he, she loves him. She's angry. She doesn't, you know, outwardly, she doesn't want him to know, but on the inside, she also feels guilty. She loves him, but she can't help feeling angry and she can't help being mean at times because she is angry. And it's sort of one of those inevitable things that just kind of suck when, you know, families start to split up and when they start to fight and they start to, you know, people, people, start to you know there's a place to put your anger and it might be your father when you know when he's the one that's not around or vice versa and you know that's just one of those inevitable things um that that we wanted to explore so i'm really uh i'm happy you 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 uh you caught that though and that's great
0: well yeah i mean just like i was mentioning about my family you know i mean i've seen so much things like when i was younger where you know it's it's it boggled my brain that, you know, it's almost like one of those things like like I was living a horror story at one point where it's just like, you know, like I don't really say this too much, but I mean I remember when when this nasty fight of my family broke out and I'm just standing there watching this all go down. And one of the things I will never forget about this fight is when my mother was trying to call nine one one cut on my dad he he snapped he completely locked it and while my mother was even on the phone she or he took the cord the uh the wired telephone, I know, we're talking back in the day, so I'm probably ancient dinosaur here because all we see nowadays is wireless <laughs> stuff. But anyway, he took the phone cord and wrapped it around my mother's throat, pretty much choking her with the with the phone cord. And then at that point in time, wow. I'm just standing there like, what the hell? Like, I'm frozen, like, I don't even know what to do. Like, you know, and then my sister who isn't frozen go to the telephone, and start talking to the operator but this whole time i'm just frozen because you know i'm just like absorbing like wow like 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 what like what is going on like why is my family falling apart you know i'm that young i don't understand what's going on and stuff like that but yeah i mean that's i mean i noticed that kind of quick because you know it reminded that she karen reminded me of my old self when like, i would be in the car or something with my mom just by myself. And, you know, I would be, or my mom would try to talk to me about something and I'd be doing the same thing that Karen's doing just like ignoring her and just like, yeah, whatever. And everything else. And so, you know, that that part kind of hit me a little bit because it's just like, wow, like this, like, like whoever wrote this part understands what a separation is and what it can do to a kid. And, right. you know, it's it's sad because before my bu- uh, my father passed away in 2003, it was really sad because he was finally getting his, um, I guess for lack of phrasing here, but he was finally getting his head in order again. I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking about a guy who who served Vietnam, who came back and everybody knows that how the soldiers were treated. They were pretty much treated like shit and everything else, and then on top of that, you got, um, you know, you got my dad who fought cancer and won it, but the cancer ended up eating half of my dad's brain, and, you know, like, like, those things can just make anybody snap, and I mean, I remember my own mother telling me, like, you know, she, she remembered waking up during the night and having my father over her with a loaded gun aiming at my mom's head. Why he never wow. pulled the trigger, wow. I don't know. So yeah, I mean wow. that's why yeah, that that's... specific scene catches my attention.
1: Well I appreciate I appreciate you sharing the story and I'm sorry, you know, obviously about your loss and,
0: well, I and all
1: that. of that all of that. That's a that's really heavy and and um and honestly it's I'm you know, not not at all happy that you've gone through that experience, but it it you know, I'm I'm happy to hear that you connect with you know the project in that way and that's you know it means a lot to me that that it you know that it feels sincere and that it feels honest because that's what we always want to do i mean you have to you know with any with any horror film with anything with any film in general it's like if the material itself doesn't 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 resonate with you on some other level if you can't connect to these characters and their experiences exactly. and sort of feel like you you can go through this with them then it it's really it's impossible to Watch that, you know, watch the movie and and enjoy the experience because you just, well, you never feel tension. You don't care if somebody dies if you don't care about if you don't connect with them if you don't, you know, if you don't, uh, you don't want them to live on some level. So
0: that's uh, and, well, exactly. I mean, if you cannot connect to a character or feel bad for somebody or you want them or you want to cheer for one and you just want all of them to die, then you know you you lost the audience already. So totally, totally yeah.
1: right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Completely but, yeah, so. yeah, um, so. and you you already mentioned this, kind of, so, uh, let's see if you can elaborate more of it, but, and I know everybody has asked about it and mentioned it, whether they reviewed it or not. That's actually one reason why I haven't reviewed this film yet, even last year is because when I first watched this, uh. Back back in October, I was just, like, taking it all in. Like, what the hell did I just watch? Like, is this what's going on here? How is this? Like, you and me talked about it and stuff. Right. But, right. so, just to see if I could, like, at least get some ideas of what's going on. But I didn't fully no, go great. into it.
1: I, yeah. You know, and I I appreciate that. I mean, this is, you know, I know that it can definitely frustrate people uh, a movie <laughs> like this. Uh, because, you know, look, this is... Um, Part of the thing is that, like, we wanted to be, I, I thought it would be very interesting that you have a movie about people trying to solve puzzles and people trying to, you know, piece the clues together. And, and I thought, you know, in a movie like that, you've got to have clues and puzzles in the film itself that the audience themselves can, you know, that you give, you lay out these, these things. And, The answers are there and they exist and all the, and I promise like all the, it's not like just there to drive you crazy. It's there because there are answers to these things, but that they're laid out in a way where you sort of have to try to piece things together. And, and at the same time, there's elements of it that are like, it doesn't, you know, whether or not you fully get the answer doesn't make a difference to the overall story, like to understand the story. So you don't need to know the answer to understand what's happening in the film or the story itself. But if you want to dive deeper, if you want to go back and watch it and really get into the, the clues that are laid out and the puzzles that are laid out in the film itself and start to piece it together and figure these things out, then we're not going to, you know, hold your hand through it and treat everybody like children. And, and, and just like I have a lot of faith in horror fans and and, and science fiction fans and, and, and genre fans in general to to really, um, to really be able to figure these things out, you know, and not need, you know, those scenes where you're sitting there like over explaining every detail of something, because at the end of the day, like how many movies have you watched where, yeah, there might be an answer to something and somebody's sitting there and very unnaturally laying out what the answers are. And, then, and, and the answer or the question itself doesn't really matter to what you're watching. Uh, you know, and it just, it just takes you out of the film because it's not how people talk. It's not what's actually, you know, it's like in their treating like an idiot. And, you know, and, and so there's elements like that and movies like that. And I, again, I'm, I was well aware that some people would be frustrated, especially with trying to figure out what's happening at the end or this or that. I don't, I personally don't think it's too confusing. But at the same time, to me, if you don't, if you don't like it, the answers are, like if you're if you're close but not exact, it's not going to hurt. The, it's not going to hurt your experience of what what's ac- of of what you're seeing in the film. Like the immediate dangers and threats are always there, and what you're seeing, you know, it's not like it's not like that. It's not like oh, I don't understand uh, who's that guy or what's the why does he want it? like like it's not that kind of it's not that kind of thing that you have to understand. It's really trying to get a sense of like. Uh, you're trying to put your finger on 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 the on the supernatural elements or puzzle elements of the of the house itself and how it operates and how it functions and so whether or not you get it, it's not really the end of life because if you don't get it, it's just like well okay, you you can sit there and go uh, it's paranormal like it, this house is not of this world like this house functions in a space, not of this world this this house sort of functions beyond this world this house functions like it's sort of this gateway and sort of this you know sort of this middle zone between one world and the next right so so things can happen that you may never be able to wrap your your mind around because it's just that i i personally have answers for everything but it's not going to ruin the movie if you don't get it do you know what i'm saying does that make sense
0: no no i completely understand what you're saying yeah that's i mean we don't want everything to be explained i mean we want we want film to tell us a little bit, but we also want to use our own imagination to do the rest.
1: Right, exactly, and 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 so the motivations are there. Everything like I could answer any question about it, um, and some I might, and some I might not. In case it's something that I think would hurt somebody else's experience of trying to figure it out themselves, but um, but in private, I would I could tell you the answer to everything, including any see, I'm always interested in what people think um, and I always find it interesting um how people sort of judge things and sometimes i I think you know people um, people tend to forget that they know that they're watching a horror movie, but the characters don't so there's always this idea that I've always found sometimes that like no matter what you do, no matter how perfectly sound you're Logic is of, and no matter how much you've worked through the ideas with the people playing the characters and their thought process and why they're doing something, there's always somebody who's like, "Well, that's stupid. You shouldn't go down this way towards that, or do this or that, because because you're in a horror movie and you should know that you're in a horror movie. and That makes you dumb if you do it." But that's uh, that's a very flawed argument because you know your character doesn't know. Again, obviously there are, you don't know what you do in these sort of crises. Uh, people have been in, you know, crazy situations, especially when you think everything that's happening could be a game and everything that's happening could be like you signed up for this. And even though it looks kind of real and kind of crazy and this looks pretty scary, but you know, you can, how many, how many times when you go to, if you were walking around at, you know, some horror night, experience at Universal and you walked into a a space that looks super real, you're not going to just suddenly go, I'm in a, I'm in a horror movie and I'm, and there's a real killer trying to kill me. You would very likely it's scary. And as realistic as it might feel, you'd also still have in the back of your head, I paid, you know, however much money to get into this park and everything they're doing is parlor tricks and, 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 you know, meant to scare me. And even though I am scared, I also know it's not real. Do you know what I'm saying? So I've always found, I always find that kind of interesting, but, um, but there's answers for everything. There's answers for everything in the film. Um, And, and it all makes sense. You know, once you start to piece it all together. Um, But again, I, you know, I can't, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always curious to hear how other people feel. I feel like it's been good. Like I've got a lot of great response from people and I've seen a lot of theories and, uh, a lot of them are are good and great and correct and and some of them you know not as much but it doesn't matter because i like that people are thinking about it you know and 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 wondering what the answers are to some of these questions so i think that's a you know this is a long answer to say i think that's a great thing so
0: <laughs> no that's that perfect but oh, so yeah so everybody would mention it and it's about the steaming tea. And I know you were talking about it. You and I were talking about it. So right. in a way, I'm, I'm trying to think without really saying too much here too, is between the conversation you and I had is this tea and what you're mentioning with this house of this, it's not normal. It's out of the world. It's like its own Ouija board. Right. So the so the tea is almost like a, um, oh god, what do, what do I want to call it? Like in a way, it's like a séance tea where you drink this tea, and then one now that you drink this this um, specific tea, now you're you're gonna be one with the house. Is that what I'm catching on to?
1: It's similar to that. I mean, if you look into you know um, shamans and ayahuasca and these sort of hallucinogenics, people don't think you know in in other cultures um they they don't think that what you're seeing is hallucinogenic they don't think that what they're what you're experiencing is just your brain going crazy although some people might but they think that they that what you're doing is opening up your mind and expanding your mind and and seeing more seeing more clearly seeing things that are beyond the reach of you know seeing so the idea would be that if there is this tea, it's, it's sort of, like you said, it's kind of like this primer that, 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 and again, part of the idea was right. And I'm going to just kind of go back to the whole sort of backstory of what this house is, that you have a scientist right in the turn of the century. So he's been sort of like an adventurer. Imagine like the kind of guy that goes out and goes to the Amazon and sees different cultures and then goes all throughout the world. And, you know, he's a very wealthy guy. Um, but he wants to do experiments and he wants to, he he's lost his family and he's obsessed with trying. And again, this is all backstory that you don't necessarily need to know. This is just stuff that we've developed and worked through, but he he's lost his family. He's obsessed, obsessed with trying to contact and be able to speak to his family. And he's kind of created this space, um, in order to try to do it. And what he's done is each room and each thing is sort of another way of exploring, um, or or doing experiment on whether or not, so uh, whether or not what you're experiencing is actually truly paranormal, is it really like reaching through to the other side and connecting, and giving them a space to connect back, or is it just like you're hallucinating, and your and your mind is playing tricks on you, and and so. In order to do that, he sort of created these devices, um, and these, um, and gone through all this research to learn how to, um, in different ways and, in, and, in, and in through different senses, um, try to, try to bridge the gap between this world and the next world. So what you've got is, is, is experimenting with, for example, psych- psychotropic drugs of that nature, you know, plants and, and things that make you see things um, and that make you experience things uh, uh, or elevate your experience of those things and trying to understand whether or not is this just my brain is going crazy because I'm on drugs or am I like actually expanding my mind? And, and then he's, again, through these devices, he's doing these experiments. He's done these experiments on people and all through the guise of playing some game that you know they think they're coming to some you know dinner party or some game again back in the turn of the century it wouldn't be an, an escape room it would be something else it would be you know some kind of dinner theater some kind of you know some other kind of like you know evening game or something and these people come and they they, they unwittingly um they are signing up for experiments they are signing up to you know be a part of uh you know, be, to let this guy experiment on them and, and figure out, you know, he's kind of fine tuning his ability to, to connect to the paranormal. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, with the T itself, that would be his way of experimenting with those, um, those, those types of, of psychotropic kind of, you know, plants and, and elements. And, um, and with the devices in the, in the room that followed, it was all trying to sort of turn the flip the switch and see, are they going to see something is what they see is what they're seeing. Is it actually real? Is it really paranormal or is it just a hallucination? Um, or some idea that I planted in their head and they're now hallucinating. So that's, that's like, that's sort of the, that's sort of the big backstory for it. Um, but yes, that's what that tea would would essentially be that would be again think of each room that they're going through in this in this in this space as being a way to sort of experiment with um with sort of turn of the century forms of of you know spiritualism and 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 uh paranormal experience if that makes sense
0: yeah like you're you're you know you're doing these puzzles to pretty much connect to the other side, and they're right. they're also re reaching out to contact back, pretty much. Right. I think exactly. You're
1: exactly. Right. Right. So you have a room where it's like this room is meant to heighten the ability to speak with them or hear them, right? And then this room is meant to heighten the ability to see them. This room is meant to. The following room might be meant to heighten the ability to, you know, to physically interact with them. And have these different kinds of gateways and you have these different kinds of you know you know, experiments and machines and so that's why you see all those different things um and in the, his basement he's got this sort of makeshift mortuary that he's set up to experiment with bodies and do all kinds of horrible stuff that he's doing so it's, it's 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 a really interesting space and we put a lot of time and effort into that space and we had a great art department uh we filmed the movie in canada in ottawa and uh, we had an amazing art department that, um, that really, you know, rose to the challenge of everything we needed to do, creating some of these rooms and, and like we built that, you know, <laughs> like we've got the the library doors that the library bookshelves that open up in the doorway and passageways and things like that. And, uh, you know, we built that whole like mortuary in the basement. It was a real house in Ottawa, but we built everything on the inside of it. So it was really cool. And uh, yeah, it was it was a that that's a great experience too. Just because to be able to dive into you know again, you're looking into you know like the 1900s, like the Thomas Edison time, um, the kind of experiments and things that were going on. Um, and there's this guy named Edgar Casey, who was you know sort of into seance and into paranormal experimentation himself, and trying to um, communicate to the other side as well. And so there's elements of that, you know, sort of peppered in throughout the the story. Um, we actually had a whole sort of storyline in, in the study that they get into that, that we cut out of the movie just because, you know, not because the scene itself wasn't working. It was just getting too long, but you know, where they find all this literature on Casey and some of the other turn of the century, uh, folk who are doing, you know, paranormal experimentation and things like that. So it's great it's really it's a lot of fun to 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 have that sort of rich uh backstory obviously it then leads to a lot of questions cuz we we put in you know you'll we'll, we'll we'll put in lots of clues and and ideas and it and you know it's nice i mean one of the nice things is that you see you know audience members sometimes see things and they want to know more about it obviously it's not part of the a storyline or what's happening in the immediate so it's kind of like it becomes more like texture and and uh, and stuff that happens in the background, but it all has that connectivity. If that makes sense, so no, so totally, crazy.
0: that totally makes sense. And that to touch on what you were saying about the room of how they interact with the room. And whether they hear or see them. And as you were talking about with the, the house owner who, you know, built the house per se, like traveled and explored areas. That's kind of goes back to the first room, which I believe it was with Tyler. And, you know, he and all I'm going to say to so I don't spoil too much of anything, but just to kind of clarify it. What you were talking about with the whole exploring the room and experimenting with people and stuff, and having the whole, you know, the tea whether are you hallucinating? Are you not? Is this really an eye opener or are you really thinking to yourself you're drugged? But that kind of reminds me of the scene with, like I was saying, trying to say with Tyler within the first room of the mask room. And that's all Mm -hmm. I'm going to say
1: right no that's exactly right and and uh and um yeah that that room in, itself is is intended to um amplify the the visions and the and the and the you know and the sightings that you can see in that space right and then the next room you've got right. sort of that that radio and the and the telephone and that's the that's that space that's communication can, way yeah. yeah exactly exactly yeah. kind of yeah Yep. speak through and 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 amplify that space that's why you also have that like device where you can touch something and and then it sort of it, it, it kind of comes right back that's all part of the, that device where she's putting her hand on it that's that's not her hand that's coming back you know what i mean when you see that exactly so, exactly things like that um and then up in the in the room with the projector you know in the in that sort of attic looking space you've got all these sort of gateway doors and um and that fabric is sort of um, that's that 's around is not just like randomly laid around there it 's actually there to amplify the ability for um physically reaching through right so if you can reach through this fabric and they can see your hand they can 't necessarily see your body, but it happens the other way too that they can sort of you know reach back and that you 've got these sort of gateway if you see those kind of door frames everywhere um and sort of all the other elements of the houses are kind of tied together when you hmm. see that space, you can kind of see. Um, you can see the clockwork, and you can see the gears, and the um, and you can see, you know, um, just lots of elements of like the masks. You can see masks on the walls in the background if you look closely, and some of these other. You, you can sort of see all these different things that are tied in throughout the entire house, which is kind of cool um, if you pay attention. So.
0: Yeah, I I I I want to say I paid attention enough, but I mean. I mean, no, I mean, definitely. It's, it's
1: really, you know, it's a lot of stuff, so I, I understand why it's hard to miss it. Um,
0: well, that's what so I was so going to say, okay. you know, watching it a second time actually helped a lot, because even though I remembered some of the parts of the movie, but then this time I'm just like, okay, now I'm catching on to this, and, you know, it, it, helps, it helps, you know, <laughs> that's the problem with some horror fans, too. You know, they watch a movie once, and that's how they judge it. Instead of right. going back the second time and right. really paying it, to, well, you know, they what do they call it? They say the first time is like entertainment. The second time is to like you know look for things that you didn't maybe spot the first time.
1: Right, but, it's yeah. true, and you know it's funny. Um, I, I totally agree with that. I find sometimes that movies that I intend to li- that I tend to like the most. I might not like as much the first time I watch it because it's not made just to sit back and for that entertainment purpose It's kind of made for more things than that. And so you watch it the first time and you're kind of confused by certain things and your experiences like whatever. And then you watch it again, you start to see new things and you start to get excited about it. And, and you start to see some of the craftsmanship and the, and the, and the ideas that are behind it, which you might've missed the first time around. And then a lot of times there are movies where you think you like it a lot. The first time you watch it and you go back and watch it again, and you're like, eh, that's all it was. It was just what, there wasn't much more to it than what was there and it's kind of like it's 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 fun to sort of see the difference in that um and i definitely feel like this movie was you know it was designed to have you know again i i didn't i didn't i certainly don't want people not to enjoy watching it the first time i just think that there's a lot more you'll catch if you watch it more than once um so
0: no exactly, so you have that exactly. yeah exactly exactly and <clears throat> and speaking of like the different type of um you know different type of rooms and and experiments and stuff, so t- uh touching on that is how did you guys think of the concept for these like uh lack of better word in like the riddle Because it it's almost seems like a riddle because you know like especially in the first room, you had to uh listen to the record player in order to really understand the first room per se. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Well we did a lot of research um and we kind of started to analyze um you know, we wanted it to be something that would play in two different ways, right? So right. this could play as a as a puzzle, as just an interesting puzzle with a backstory for an actual in the escape room. Or these also and at the same time, each thing that has a puzzle, we wanted it also to have this sort of element of having, having, um, an experimental sort of, uh, some, 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 some action that, that, that is part of an experiment that some part that, that like learning this thing and doing this thing can be unleashing something or, or could, or could let you know that you're hearing something maybe that's not there. So you've actually heard the proper thing, right? Maybe that, that, maybe if you hadn't tried that tea, you wouldn't necessarily hear the, same thing that they're hearing when they're you know i'm saying there's that kind of element to it where it's there but if they're if they're not connected again you can start to see oh yeah it's working because they were able to do that so there's that element of that See what i'm saying um and so we did a lot of research um we did escape rooms ourselves um and because again we wanted to play in that in that world as well we want to enjoy that i mean that's part of the fun of watching a movie like this is experiencing the escape room so we, we did a lot of research and 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 um, yeah. I mean, there's some there's some crazy puzzles out there. I mean, I, I you know, we we wanted to base everything in some in some way or another on something that could have happened in one of these spaces that we tried ourselves. And actually, the um, production designer, who is also one of the producers on the film uh, up in Canada, designs escape rooms, you know, in Canada, which is great, and has done several of them. And so we got to do a lot of practical effects. So there are things that, like all the things that, that you know, all the things that open, or like the gears that come out of water and things like that. That's all practical effects, and it's really cool to to kind of be able to design that stuff and see it come to to life in front of your face. So yeah. <laughs> wow. I hope that answered it. Did that answer? No, it? no,
0: yeah, that <laughs> that that I think more than enough. <laughs> that I mean, yeah. but. You're right. You're right. If you're going to make something based on a specific thing, you might as well do it yourself. And on top of that, you might want to research whatever you're trying to focus on, too, because, you know, researching and doing the the event or whatever you're trying to do really does, you know, you experience it. So now you get that, that idea of, okay. Now I can go into it because now I have a better understanding of what an escape room feels like versus trying to write it and not know a damn thing about it.
1: Right. No, totally. Totally. Yeah. You can't, I, I mean, I, I believe firmly in researching things that are occupy the world of, you know, the movies that I'm making because I, I want to, I want there to be that, that authenticity to the material so that like you you know, whatever it is, you know, we've, we've done research, you know, we haven't like whatever it is that we're working on, there's, there's been a whole lot of research that's gone on in, into the film. And, um, and, you know, I, I'll, I never just kind of go into something blindly and go, well, you know, it, it might not make sense to anybody in the real world, but who cares? It's a movie. And like I, I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that. I want it to, I want it to, you know, and, and one of the great things about doing some of that research is that, um, it opens up doors and ideas that you never even considered before. So I think that's the other part that's great. But you want people who have experienced this kind of thing to be able to see the authenticity in some of that. So,
0: Agreed. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree. And one thing I noticed, like, uh, in this film, like your last film with, like, House of the Witch is the, once again, the amazing lighting that you guys have done And, and I kind of saying that too is because last time when we had you on the show, you promised us, uh, the first look into your upcoming project, which at the time we didn't know what the hell you were talking about until you kind of sent us, uh, the screenshots and you kind of told us a little bit more, but I just remember seeing these, you know, the unedited pictures or per se. Um, and I just remember seeing the lights in some of these uh, stills where I'm just like, wow, you know, this is, this is just spot on. Like, like examples would be, look at the lighting that you guys did with the mask room, the very first room. And then the second room, which we, which, which when I wrote this question down, just to kind of give you an idea of what I'm calling it, it's called the invention room. where like, uh-huh. so that, that totally lighting close. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, I, um, obviously I, I feel this way about any movie, uh, in particular, but especially with, with a horror film, I mean, atmosphere is such an important element of it. Um, and, and creating that atmosphere and maintaining that atmosphere and basing it in, in a way where it's like, you want to look, I mean, I appreciate movies that feel very, uh, You know very organic and natural and real right yeah but at the same time i also really um you know i also love feeling that there's a production value to a film that i'm watching and that there's some craftsmanship and and that there's some design behind you know what's happening and you know uh, it's not like we want anything to feel over the top or too you know but it's like it's just kind of like creating the art within the space you kind of create the atmosphere and then you, you, you know, and you look at at the room and you look at the space and you, how do you sort of amplify that atmosphere and make, you know, it, it's just sort of another tool to, to bring out the experience for the viewer so that you can, you know, you can experience this film on a more three-dimensional level on a, on a level that's, you know, that's not just like, um, yeah, we just picked up a camera and shot it, you know, like we, it's, it's, it's just adding that sort of craft, craftsmanship, but also like, really heavily diving into the atmosphere because again that space that you're in in the movie when you're spending this amount of time in a, whatever the place is you want it to have you want it to have that extra little bit of something you know and um for sure if you if and I'm, I'm really appreciate that you that you notice it and if you look closely you'll you'll actually notice that there's some very interesting things that happen with color um throughout the movie and especially towards the end. Uh, don't say too much, but when I sort of coming out of the diner and that whole thing, um, but uh, it's very subtle, but it's very specific and and intended to alter a little bit what you're seeing and what you're thinking about. Um, it's almost like it, at the very end of the movie, it's it's actually the most color you see in the movie. Um, in terms of feeling a little brighter, feeling a little less gray, you know, like like overcast yeah. day kind of yep. feeling. Yeah. just a little bit touch more hope a little more color and um and all that's very very intentional like none of that's none of that's by mistake um and each room itself making it feel unique and so that you can kind of you know you can kind of almost feel the air when you're inside of it and you know from one room to the next how different the space is you know i mean physically how different it is so you kind of feel that with your eyes um and that's again part of the idea So. I'm
0: I'm really glad you picked up on that as well. So thank you for that. Well, <laughs> yeah, <you> for- <laughs> I mean, well, well, you know, once I kind of well, even though House of the Witch was the very first film I've seen of your work, and that's why I reached out to you to begin with. But you know, that's one thing I look at. I mean, look at. Look at, like, Ridley Scott, for an example. Look at the world that he has created for m- his movies. And, you know, right. you look at all that. You look at all the lighting, you look at everything. And then that's usually, like, all the cool things that people kind of forget to right. really shine on. Or do I want to say shine on? Or really, should I say, like... um they should notice when watching a film because you know kind of like that one other scene where or two other scenes where like uh you know karen is walking around that main hallway that we first saw when they first came in and you got the lights coming in and then you got uh i believe it was michael who noticed like the light that was coming through the keyhole from the door Like all that stuff is just like, you know, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, you gotta, you you gotta appreciate that too, because like you're saying, like, Hmm, like the colors are different throughout the film and it's almost like the same, like, how do I want to word it? It's like saying, okay, so you see the light coming through like the window or the door hole, the door, uh, the keyhole. And, um, you know, that's almost a way of saying, "Okay, this might be a little grungy looking, but there is still a real world out there." If that makes right,
1: sense, right? Exactly. No, hundred percent. That's exactly right. Um, I always think that that brings this element of what's beyond the wall and what you're not able to get to, and what's that? That sort of like it's like dangling that 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 hope and that. Um, and that desire to get past those walls, back to that light—you know—it almost reaches out to you. And I, uh, I'm glad you recognize that. And um, you know, uh, film is obviously such a visual thing. I think a movie like this is is so important. Um, one of the things, also, you know, is is the is the sound itself. Like, so the soundscape of a movie, especially a movie like this, is super super important. But you can't forget about you know, about the visuals and about that space, because you can, you can make up a lot of ground with sound um, in, in any film that you're doing, but people still got to watch it, you know, and it still has to have that, that visual texture and, um, and sort of, you know, um, that, that uh, appeal in a way even if you're watching something that's grungy or, or, or like when they're downstairs and that, like in that old school, like mortuary, it's like, it still has a visual appeal, I think. Um, and that's, that's the idea of it with the colors and the, and the sort of like, you can kind of feel the air because you see the, the light coming in feels a little warmer from the window, but the room itself is green and cold. And you can kind of feel, you can kind of feel the cold air, how the, how the light from the window hits the cold air and what it does when it hits it so and kind of turns from this goes from this like sort of warmer you know orangish sort of hue coming from the window into a sort of bluish green cold space um and you feel that you feel that sort of atmosphere um so but um but yeah so i thought that was that's just an important thing to me whenever i go into any film it's like every element is so important i mean i i I, I care about the music, I care about the sound, I care about the visuals, I care about the acting you know in the film and and those story elements so it's just putting all that stuff together it's just you know it's how do you it's it's like how do you approach each thing to kind of bring it all together and ha- make this more enriched experience for the viewer um so thank you for the uh oh. for that for that comment yeah
0: yeah. Uh, no, no problem. I, mean, <laughs> I think that's one thing that really sticks out in the movie is the lighting. Seriously, I mean, you. Right. I mean, there's not a there's not Well, I guess I guess the invention room is good lighting, but I guess with the way lighting is coming out, I guess you could say the invention room is probably the weakest one really when it comes to the light coming in versus mm-hmm. the light that is lighten up the room per se, which makes yeah Yeah. And but that
1: room itself is meant to feel, you know, the most enclosed and Oh yeah, have, exactly. Like, and it has like, you know, all this like candlelight. So everything in that room is like lit. That's why it has all these like, you know, sort of warm things coming from this candle space, you know, and I think that's like that's such a uh, it, it, you feel more enclosed, you know. You feel more trapped, and that's the idea of not having, you know, the sort of beams and and outside light sort of escaping, um, or or entering the room. So, and then the other cool thing, again, kind of going back to what I just said, is if you really, if you, I don't know, it's maybe it's hard to tell. Uh, sometimes it depends on the speaker or how loud you're listening. But put a lot into the sound, a lot of work into the sound as well. And you'll constantly hear things that are not necessarily on camera or that are happening behind the walls. And you hear the house shifting around, you hear it changing, you hear, like when someone's about to go through a door, you might hear some of the gears moving. And like I said, you get glimpses of this sort of clockwork between the walls and throughout the house, but you also hear it a lot. So when you're in the, like when you're in that sort of uh, um, environment, yeah. 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 you'll, You'll, you really kind of feel Transport there it really depends on you know again your speaker system or how you're listening to it or whatever it is but it's it's very much there it's like you can hear you can just sort of hear these things shifting and changing and you don't really get you it's sort of suggested that like the house around you is transforming constantly it's almost alive with this clockwork machinery that's constantly you know you get a glimpse of it in the very beginning you get glimpses of it throughout the film but it's like all this like like if you peel back the layers behind the walls of this house you're going to see a very intricate and old-fashioned machine that again is all part of this like transforming experience transformative experience for the person inside that space and and again all with the intention of amplifying um that that connection to the other world
0: yeah, pretty, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I don't know what else I can really say to that. I mean, that's spot on. But and as you're mentioning gears, um, we notice or like every time a specific thing would happen, whether it was a certain door or the clock in the invention room, we got to see the nice gear machine in action. Really, so. So, Alex, uh, what what type of challenges, if there were any challenges, or that came when filming or creating that those scenes for the gear scenes?
1: Um, well, there were challenges for sure. I mean, you always have to think in advance. Um, some of the gears were practical, um, and some of them were were like CGI, amp- yeah, CGI amplified and, and effects later um mm-hmm. and what you do is it's really about kind of you have to design all of it for you know again it all has to fit together like the practical and the CGI all have to kind of um be of the same world and match and you don't want to do anything in the in the practical world that's going to limit you in the CGI world and you have to kind of have the, the foresight to be like all right well the camera's right. going to go into the wall here and and create this thing and da, da, da and you'll see the gears turning there and it's going to release this little device and then you're going to come out here and see it coming out into the, you like in the clock or through the walls. Um, or like, again, the one that we did with the lady in water, that was like this giant, like, that was the biggest gear that we had It's a giant hydraulic gear that, that, that went into the water. Um, and they had to design that. So, you know, I mean, imagine you're creating this thing that has to sort of, you know, spin underwater and, just sort of crest the, crest the, the, the water and sort of look like a, you know, uh, like spin um just kind of just breaking the, just breaking the surface. Um, and all that's, you know, that's machinery. That's actual real like hydraulic stuff that you might see at like, I don't know, if you go to Disney world or something, you're going to see like, you know, in the water, there's all these things that kind of pop up out of the water. And, but that's a challenge obviously. And that's, you know, and to and to and to, to, uh, to to do all that while you're filming, it's you know, it's never easy. You have ch- we have chains moving and all this stuff happening. All that stuff was practical. Wow. And uh, and uh, so yeah, that itself is 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 really you know a, a complex sort of uh, you know like orchestration of different crew members and and things happening all at the same time. But we had such a great crew. And such a great, you know, um, team art department that like they they totally rose to the challenge. So it's great. I mean, for me, it's amazing when you write something into a, a film with an idea, and you actually get to physically see it come to life. Not like okay, when we when the when the when the CGI is done, we'll get to see it. But no, when you actually are <laughs> on set and you can see it happening. And these things, you know, I, it's just such a cool. I mean, I can't even
0: yeah exactly there's no word that is
1: but yeah. yeah yeah exactly
0: so yeah exactly and you know i think that's probably one of the cool things about no escape room is the gear scene because of how awesome looking they are especially like you're calling the lady in the water and you just i mean i i you gotta appreciate it you i mean and especially here in practical effects, that's just amazing. Like and nowadays it just seems like practical effects is becoming less per se. Depends on the uh, yeah, and it depends on the film. I will at least say that because it really depends on what the film is because sometimes practical practical effects does not do justice for a uh, certain scene. Like I know somebody was talking about in the Predator in the new predator movie they were trying to make it practical but since that specific type of uh camera work and everything else was not gonna work with a practical suit that would be the only time they would have to go in and actually use cgi which i can understand that if it become if it become too difficult to film then i guess cgi is gonna have to be the only solution to make that scene come to light,
1: right yeah i agree with that and you know again i mean nothing against cgi i just think what happens is cgi too is too much sort of it like yeah it's too much of it it's sort of like the icing on the cake but people start making the cake with the icing itself and then there's no cake left you know it's like <laughs> exactly. they start to, they start to just like rely on it so heavily and it really it's like when you when a CGI shot is done, you shouldn't really be able to tell that it's CGI, but how often can you? You can all, It's like so many times, it's like, well, you couldn't have shot that shot at all uh, with the camera doing this or that or things. Like, it should always be made to look real on some level and trick your eye into seeing something that's extraordinary. And I think that's, I mean, that's my philosophy on it. Obviously, different people and different, you know, different tastes and different um, styles of filmmaking. But I, I personally think CGI should be the icing on the cake and, and it shouldn't you know, it shouldn't be there to, to completely to away out. from it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or to completely yeah. lean on, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be taken out of the movie and going, Oh, CGI, that's CGI. It's like, you should be able to watch the whole thing together and love this beautiful blend of every element of the film working perfectly and none of it sticking out <coughs> and, and making, calling attention to itself. So yeah, I, you know, that's, that's just, that's just such a, it's a privilege to be able to do it. And obviously it's important to do it whenever you're able to do it. Um, And I personally think like, what's cool to me using CGI is like the things that you could just, that are very, that are very mundane or that are very like, I don't know, in terms of certain like camera shots or, you know, if you look back to like fight club where it's like the CGI Mm. in that movie is like, c g i even though it's very early c g you know and, and and certainly dated by today's standards there's still something really cool about a camera that flies through but like, even though you know that this isn't a real camera you know this is you know this has to be super exceptional camera work but it's like flying through a garbage can around garbage <laughs> that's not like anything it but it makes it like just creates a super extended you know look into the world and that's that's when the style works for you know when you know that's when it's like this completely alternate thing but when it's like it's like if you're doing a I don't know a movie about dinosaurs or <laughs> monsters and mm. CGI is like you know again the camera's doing all this like I personally think in a situation like that yeah you have to do the dinosaur maybe you have to do the dinosaur CGI to, to, for or most of it CGI right but your camera work shouldn't look like it's it should look like you shot that it should look like it was physically shot and that's what's going to make it look really amazing not when the camera itself is also flying through the trees and doing all and like, you're like, okay, well, there's no part of the shot that anybody could, even if if you had a real dinosaur running through the woods, you couldn't shoot the shot that's flying underneath, you know, that's like nobody could shoot that. Nobody could film what you're filming right now. So it looks fake. It already looks fake because they're breaking this sort of physical, you know, the, 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 the practicality of how you would be able to do that. But when you go back to something like Steven Spielberg, when he made Jurassic park, That still stands up as some of the best, and that was in 1993, and that still stands up as some of the best CGI work, because he wasn't, you know, there was this element of, like, with the CGI itself, the camera still looks like you could have filmed it, you know what I mean? It looks like you could have filmed, the camera was placed here, and the camera's placed there, and there's some technique to the way that they're doing it, where, you know, then you look at Jurassic World, and the camera's, like, (laughs) it's, like, flying through the trees and pat, pat and it's like that doesn't look real at all it looks like a video game you're watching a video game even though the <laughs> the technology itself is so much better and it's so much more you know like it's like like the di- like the texture on the dinosaur all this stuff looks better but the way they're treating it is worse so it's weird um it, it's i it's weird to me when people don't fully grasp that i think that's one of the things that some of the other you know you sometimes you see that in filmmaking and you're like you know sometimes people get like the camera work looks real and even though that's that's godzilla or something but it's like that's good but if it's um you know if it's something that definitely could never get done that's uh i just always find that problematic but
0: oh yeah yeah i mean you know it's kind of like the old um tv show where we you know we walk with the dinosaurs or whatever and you know right. they show us they show up the real bone but then they they turn the show into like a uh, cgi or animation thing to show us that specific scene or how the, that specific dinosaur uh moves and acts or, and especially how they defend themselves or attack the prey depending on you know whatever it is but yeah that's the only time you should actually do it or right. per se
1: totally yes. totally, yeah I
0: totally agree and to touch on what you were talking about earlier about the location of the house that you were talking about so this one is how did how did finding this specific location come by and especially you know looking around to find that that one house that make you go this is the one
1: yeah that's actually a really good question because when we so we knew we were going to film in canada um the company is making with um they had already sort of we, we sort of uh, weighed the best production places for this particular project and the teams that would be involved and we really liked you know um we really liked what was coming together through this this uh company out out there so once we got out there, you know, originally the plan was, you know, we would just use a house for the exterior, and we were going to build everything on a stage, um, and that can be fun. But it also, you know, there's texture that you can't get uh, on a stage, no matter what your budget is. I can almost always spot a, a sound stage in a movie. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes there's some really great, great stages uh, and great, great work that goes into it, but. Um, you get to put your resources into other things. We walked into that house and, uh, it it, you know, starting to look around, again, it wasn't even like the the producer who was taking us there because we were location scouting various houses. They didn't even think that this was at the top of the list of houses we might end up using. But as soon as we walked into it and we started to look around and see, you know, sort of the bones of the space and what we could do with it, Um, and a plan started to come together and I was kind of walking around the house with the production designer. And I mean, it looked amazing from the moment we walked in there. And actually, that particular house had kind of a creepy backstory to it because the original owner of that house had been killed there. Um, and there was sort of a weird vibe with that. But outside of (laughs) that, I mean, it had this really old, beautiful, old turn of the century feel to it. it. Had this feel of like, you know, this sort of Victorian era house. Um, it looked amazing on the outside, but the inside still felt, um, still felt like you could you could feel that that time frame. You know, in, in the space, there were some modern parts of the house that we didn't use or film. But um, as we walked around it, we were like, okay, so this would be you know the landing space, and this would be sort of the tea room, and then this would be like the mask room over here and we would build this, this, and this, and we would build these walls here. And actually we used one room as two different spaces. We just built different walls inside of it. So that, so the wall, part of the reason why that room also feels um, so enclosed and dark is that actual uh the room that you're calling the invention room. Um, right. That room is actually the same space as the, as the, um as the land is like sort of like the, landing room when they first walk in, that, that, that original hallway where all that light's coming okay. through. Believe yep. it or not, that's the exact same room. And we just built walls and wallpapered the walls and painted it and did all that <laughs> stuff. Um, inside of that space to be able to use that room for two different two different parts of the house. But it's really great to actually have a physical space like that and um, and walk around to the various parts of it of your set. You know and, and feel like you're fully engrossed in this atmosphere and um, like I remember when people would see the the like the in the basement when we created that mortuary it's like when people would see that they would get so freaked it was like such a cool looking you know such a cool looking space and then that actual stream that we filmed in was really outside of the house and um, actually that whole lady in water scene when we first scouted the house wasn't even in the script and um, it was part of some ideas that we had already been kind of kicking around but once we saw this you know the stream and how everything was going to work out then we sort of put it all together and 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 put the scene together specifically to kind of fit with the real place that we were filming in so that's one of the ways in which it can actually alter or enrich the film because that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie and it wasn't even in the original script uh and we sort of started to think about how we could expand um some of the machinery and clockwork of this house and see how it's sort of it's 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 spread out so far that it's like you can't even you don't even get to. You can't even tell how far out you know this goes, and whether or not you're you could ever get off this space. You know what I mean? Uh, outside of this, outside of this house. <laughs> like you, you, you could one. Even when you're outside, outside of the walls of the house, you're still sort of trapped in this, in this place. Um, so,
0: I want that just you don't ever want to leave. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And. So. You know, that's really funny that you started talking about that scene because one of the one of the thing that's also going on with that lady in the water is that weird sort of twist time method thing, which is like that that um the lady in the water scene where, you know right. not to say too much either, but I know it's also in the trailer, so I'm trying to keep it too like the trailer of what we see to versus not saying too much in that. And right, I guess the way I'm trying to figure out to word this is, so we see Michael upstairs and he notices there's like, m- like tr- muddy tracks and, you know, he goes up and that's where the lady in the water scene comes into play and then you know after that we get that other thing that happens which is all i'm gonna say so i guess what this question is can you uh, is there can you at least give us a little idea of this weird reversing time message thing that's going on yeah because like i said yeah
1: um no, that that's a it's a good way of not spoiling too much and sort of putting it out there. Yeah, we wanted to have obviously this idea of again, you're in this sort of um, space outside the norm of 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 you know what's I guess you would call it paranormal, right? Because it's not normal. So you're in a space now that 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 is conducting and doing and, and allowing you to reach back in time and reach back. So again, once you're dead, right? If someone's if right. dead and they're going to communicate with the past, they have to be able to reach back. And it's not like someone current, like you have to be able to, you know, it, uh, you have to be able to, um, time, time in that, in that realm, uh, again, not that we know for a fact, but very likely doesn't exist in the way that we understand it. Right. And so right. the idea would be that you're playing with this sort of interdimensional uh, elements where you can you can you can communicate with people that have been dead for a long time or that you know that roamed these halls in you know the the you know uh, eighty years ago, or maybe when you die you can be communicating with yourself in the past, so there 's these ideas of 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 actual like looping and echoes, and we kind of wanted to separate what that that meant like there's this looping where there's sort of interactivity with like you can interact with yourself in in a different time and you're like because you're in again you're in this weird conductor of uh, of uh, that 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 that's messing with time and space and all these other things like it's this very odd physical space that's creating these very weird you know very weird uh um side effects to Some of these experiments that are happening, and some of these gateways, and 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 things like that. So what it is is this sort of interconnected, like, loopy, where you are actually setting off a a series of events that end up affecting you. Like your your later self might interact with your previous self and set off a series of events that almost suggests that this is always you're almost caught in this like constant loop of you know in this sort of constant. know recycling of of things because you like he his his own tracks i don't want to again i guess this would be a me saying spoilers again if you haven't watched it but your own tracks are leading you to something that you you haven't even created them yet but but that sets in motion like you're creating the tracks that that you're eventually going to find and and it's like it's a loop that's going to keep happening it's the same thing that happens like when he when when melanie is talking to herself. Earlier in the film, through that, like through that, you know, they're hearing that voice, and it's her own voice, and the voice mm-hmm. tells Tyler to run um, because she's just seen something that horrifies her. Later in the film, and in trying to save him, she's actually setting in 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 motion the series of events danger. that end up right that, that yeah. leads towards the danger that she's trying to save him from, and it's this weird again. It's like that. Thing where like even if you could go back in time and try to affect yourself, you're still you're still going to end up in this. Like if if, if you time travel back, you are actually affecting something that was always going to be the way it was anyway. So that you you were always going to return and, and and affect yourself. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it was always just sort of like folding back on time and um, and space. And so that's some of the elements that we wanted to play with again because once you start to get into that space of you know, interdimensional and and paranormal activity where you're crossing over. It's like, what are the effects of that? What are the physical um, effects of that? And how does that like, how does time and space bend now in that in that in that sort of world? And in that in those and so those are the ideas that we were playing with without trying to get you know too specific without uh, ruining anything. Um, you're in a space that is meant for um, basically turning off turning off the way you experience time um in places and that's why you have all these clocks around and all these like old-fashioned kind of things like that and again the gears and the and the clockwork it's like it's turning off again we experience time in a very linear fashion but if you were to remove that and um or 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 take away that the experience of that again it's like these experiences that 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 cross each other and interact with each other and fold back on each other and perpetuate certain things. In some ways it becomes somewhat like a, you know, some kind of purgatory, um, or. A residual or, haunting. Exactly. Because you get caught in a, tr- you get caught in a loop and you get caught in these sort of like, um, yeah, these sort of like things that will just constantly be looping back on themselves. So, yep. um, that's the idea behind it.
0: That's cool. That's cool. So, Alex, before I give you these last two questions, is there anything that I have not touched on that you feel like we should know about? Or do you feel like we pretty much, once again, covered it all up to this point? I think,
1: I think we have. I'm i it's hard for me, you know, I'm sure I'll think of things uh <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh I should have told you about this or that. Cause there's so much, you know, obviously whenever you get into anything like this, it's like it's months and months and months, maybe almost a year of experience and it's all like it's hard to to summarize all that stuff in, in, in one in sentence. The, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I, I think you've done a, a pretty thorough and and good job of kind of covering the bases on those
0: on those things. Well, thank you. So so i guess now with no escape room that got premiered back on october 6th of 2018 so so that was the sci-fi's uh 31 days of halloween now i know would like house of the witch came out on dvd is there any plan for escape no escape room to get its own release or is it Kind of like a sci-fi exclusive. Oh no, yeah, it is. It is getting some
1: release. I think it's already been released on iTunes, so it can be purchased on iTunes and um, and I think Amazon Prime and and some of those some of those venues like that. So I know that it's available there. I don't know if the physical DVD um, is being released or not. I think it is, um, but um, but I'm pretty sure. Actually, I'm I, I'm, I am sure that it. it was released on itunes um uh last at the end of last year after after premiered at some point on on sci-fi so um it is available to 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 be watched or downloaded um through that
0: sweet sweet can't wait yeah. and yeah. and uh so alex um yeah here's here's your final question <laughs> and uh you know, once again, before I give this to you, once again, thank you so much for your time. It's an uh, honor to have you back on, and you know, you're you've pretty much have so much information to tell that you know I'm just sitting here going, like Jesus, like there's a lot of information here, so I can't wait to actually go back and re listen to really absorb. More of what you said to really get a better understanding of this movie. Like I got a better understanding now, but I feel like if I go back and listen to this once it is up, which uh hopefully it's soon. <laughs> like I mentioned <laughs> earlier, I, we got yeah. uh as we're recording this. This is one out of three episodes that are being recorded today on yeah. January twelfth. Just to throw it out there, and um, you know, it's it's just great to be able to interact with someone like you who you know who is willing to share information and not really you know give it all up front but you you give explanations of well maybe if you look at it like this, maybe if we look at this specific film and then think of this like you know, you're, you 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 have a great way of telling <laughs> This is going to sound weird, but I, I don't really know anything else to really mention it, but it's almost like you're telling a story and, you know, that story is coming to life as we're talking, if that makes sense. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, it does make sense.
1: And I, I appreciate that. A, that's a nice compliment. And I definitely, you know, again, I, I my hope is to help enrich anybody who's listening um, their experience of, um that they can bring to, to to watching it or rewatching the movie or um you know just having having that extra bit of uh information info help you yeah. yeah yeah totally
0: yeah so, so thank you no you're 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 very welcome and um for your last question is so what can we see from you in twenty
1: nineteen? I've got a couple of uh of uh, very uh, fun projects coming up. Um, one of them is in is in the sort of thriller sort of. Uh, I, I I hesitate to say splasher space because not really, uh, but it's in that it's in that it's in the world. I'll say that it's going to be different, but it's uh, should be pretty fun. Um, and then I've got another one that towards the end of the year that I'm very excited about. Um, there's actually a whole there's actually a whole slate of projects. That I'm just sort of highlighting two of them. Um, but one, that one is um, uh, a bigger film um, that I'm really excited about. And it's, uh, I'll, I guess what I would say about that is, uh, cause I don't want to say too much yet. I'm not really supposed to, but um, it's a an, it's another take on a genre that I think um, people are pretty familiar with the genre, but this is a, a whole new look at it and um, a different sort of approach to it. That's going to be really, really cool experience to, to see to see a movie like this set in an era and genre that people know really well, but told in a different way and and uh, from a unique sort of perspective and uh, in- intimate sort of um in- intimate sort of uh, telling of it. So I-, I think it'll be really fun, um, and I definitely know you'll enjoy that movie as well. I'll just say that, <laughs> but I'll, I'll keep you. I will definitely keep you uh i
0: keep you in the loop about it man. yes please <laughs> yeah um yeah that, that that's no. kind of funny that you say that that's you're you're the second person that says something like that, and i'm gonna give a shout out to Bill oberst jr for a minute because back in two thousand seventeen when we first interviewed him he was talking to us about a movie he had done where he played like a necrophiliac weird clown in Circus of the Dead. And by the near the end of the episode of just talking to us and, and you know, he mentioned in Circus of the Dead, like maybe three or four times, but at one specific time, he just goes, you know what? I'm going to say it again. Circus of the Dead. I can already tell you and Tessa are gonna love Circus of the Dead. <laughs> so
1: awesome.
0: and and you know what? I he he was one hundred percent right. Me and Tessa went into the movie, and at the end of the movie, we we're just like, oh my god, this was amazing. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so yeah. So I can't wait. And well, great, that, I can't wait to share it with you. Yeah, yeah. and you know, and I I, I I'll. I'll Say it again, Alex, and you probably already know this anyway, but for those listening too, like, you know, you're always welcome back onto the show anytime, even if you just want to come hang out with us and give your own opinions about certain movies that we may be talking about. Just to have, like, somebody like like yourself to put in a, in a um, maybe, like, a more professional storytelling uh, detail of, of an opinion because, you know... It's always cool to get other people's opinions, and you know, if there's ever anything that we may be going to be recording in the near future, that you're just like, oh man, I love this movie so much. Can I come on and chat with you guys for it? Just give us a shout. I mean, I mean, we'll probably we're glad we put you on, and you know, we'll have a good fun old time. Like we got a lot of episodes that after this, I'll send you a, uh, a a. Uh, An idea of what to come for this podcast in 2019 myself. And for those listening, we got quite a few anniversaries this year for some interesting films, especially I'm going to say one right now because just to kind of give you an idea. But in June, I believe, there's going to be two films. One I'm really shocked on of how old it is. I don't know. I think it was because of me listening to an older episode, and I heard the name of the film, and then for some weird reason, I just wanted to look it up, and then I did my math, and then I find out this film is going to be having its 90th anniversary in June, and that yeah. is the silent black and white film *Nosferatu*. So you bet oh, your wow. sweet, so you bet your sweet butt that we will be doing a ninetieth anniversary episode for Nosferatu. That, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, thank
1: you so much for the invite. I absolutely would, would love to take you up on that sometime. time. I always uh enjoy talking to you and um and I, I appreciate uh appreciate the, the time and the and the um interest in the stuff that I'm doing and certainly always interested in stuff other people are doing. So Definitely. That's, that's really great. Yeah. So, Definitely thank you. And
0: one last thing, Alex, before we uh, we end this is if people want to find you to keep in touch of your upcoming project to wor- and to learn of what's really coming out with you and what you're working on, where can people find you?
1: Uh, they can always obviously find me on the social media stuff. I don't really post anything unless I'm actually doing the, unless I'm working. So I don't like to. I don't like to, you know, over, over oversaturate, um, stuff out there, but I'm on, uh, on Instagram at Alex underscore Merkin, um, and on Twitter is just, uh, at Alex Merkin. So, um, so those are two, two ways. I think Instagram, I'm probably a little more active on, uh, when I'm working. So, um, that would certainly be a way to see what's happening. Um, or when I'm on set, I, I like to, you know, I, I tend to post little things from set, um, or uh just keep people kind of intrigued about stuff that's that's going on um and outside of that you know it's just always a matter of like kind of stay in touch with uh people who are interested in the work and um i think that's a that's probably a, a, the best
0: way to, to find me so yeah well there you go guys and and you know once again thank you out for your time and in- uh you know it, it just was like a pretty pretty amazing conversation already and i hope i didn't step on too many boundaries i tried oh, to no, do my you,
1: best <laughs> no you did great you did great absolutely i appreciate it thank you so much for uh, for having me and uh yeah I, i'm i'm always always happy to give you guys exclusives and come back so appreciate it
0: and uh wow. thank uh, you yeah. well thank you so much great and for those listening as always like we always end any type of episode and you know just just hopefully you keep up with us too and as always stay scary everyone stay scary